Welcome back, you guys, to the Hair Full of Secrets podcast, where we explore the impact that hair and beauty practitioners have on our clients' mental health and wellness and how we take care of our own. I'm your host, Paige Klobinoff, and today we will be talking with Ashley and Hare. I cannot wait for you guys to hear the amazing client stories that Ashley had to share. Funny, serious, it runs the gambit. She has a big personality, and I can't wait for you guys to hear more. So let's get started. Ashley, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you for joining me. I'd love for you to just go ahead and introduce yourself and let the listeners know who you are, what you're about, and we'll go ahead from there. Yeah. Hi, I'm Ashley. I'm from Ashley and Hair. I have been a hairstylist for over six years now in the greater Seattle area in Washington. I am currently a salon suite owner. I went out on my own in 2020, the day before salons got shut down in my area. And luckily I'm back and we're still thriving after the shutdown. And (laughs) I am also a salon suite educator and inspire others in the industry to live their best lives. Love that. Oh, and a fun um, fact. Oh, yes. Ooh. Fun fact. Okay, wait. I didn't think of fun facts. That's I'm okay. Just, oh, wait, I got one. I got okay. one. Okay, and fun fact is I am a total grandma. I crochet all the time, and that's pretty much what you will find me doing outside of the salon. I used to knit growing up. I haven't, I never got the knack for crocheting, but it's either Nine. you get one or the other, I think, because I right. can crochet and I cannot knit to save my life. So now I want to knit some. <laughs> like I haven't done that in a long time. Been so fun. I love that. So fun kind of salon related question. Do you have a favorite workday beverage? Coffee, of course. Um. Do you have like a, are, are you like a specific order Starbucks kind of girl? Do you just bring from home? Well, in Washington, Starbucks is kind of frowned upon. It's like the worst place to go for coffee. So you want to really? go to coffee stands. So you definitely want to hit up a coffee stand or I make it at home. I have my own coffee bar at home, but I am someone, I usually do a white chocolate, brown sugar, cinnamon, Americano with oat milk. That sounds delicious. And then do you have like a favorite song that puts you in the mood for the day? I do not listen to the same thing every day. I'm either listening to an audiobook or a podcast or yeah. I listen to just like random hype up music. Yeah. <laughs> but nothing in particular. No, just like something that can kind of fill my brain with good information. I, I typically just read a lot of audiobooks. I love that. I do the same thing, actually. Um, I should have just changed it to what's your favorite book. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the book that I think that stood out to me the most is called Never Split the Difference. It's a book on negotiating. And he was, I think, a CIA or FBI negotiator. Yeah. The most fascinating thing about just how to kind of get what you want. And I thought it was just so cool and such fun read. I think he did a TED talk on negotiating. I think so. Yeah, I've seen that and it was super interesting. I didn't know he'd written a book. So yeah. I'm going to have to add that to the list. Okay. The technique that he teaches in there, I think every hairstylist should know because it talks mm-hmm. a lot about human behavior and how to notice things within a person and kind of bring out the information that you need. 
So I think okay. that's amazing for any hairstylist to listen to. One more fun question that I want to yeah. kind of get into the nitty gritty of things. Do you have an Instagram or TikTok or any kind of social media account that is your favorite to follow or that you feel like influences you a lot as a stylist? Mm. On TikTok, I'm kind of newer to TikTok. I'm mainly on Instagram. Mm -hmm. On TikTok, I actually watch From Mars a lot. I think the ladies on From Mars TikTok are absolutely hilarious. Somehow they turn okay. hair products into dirty captions, and I just think <laughs> it's absolutely hilarious. On Instagram, I tend to watch just different coaches, more mm -hmm. like inspiring. I don't tend to follow a lot of hairstylists. I tend to follow people that I want to be like them or I admire them. So I just like things that inspire me. I love that. I do the same. I'm not like following a lot of other hairstylists on there. I'm like, oh, I can think of 10 inspirational gurus, but I don't follow as many people in our field, but I follow you and I'm obsessed with your reels. Oh, thank you. If you guys haven't checked out Ashley's Reels, you have to go on. She has the absolute best ones. Um, they're hilarious. You shed light on like real hairstylist problems, but in a very humorous manner. And yes. then you also talk a lot about, in some of your more personal posts, body positivity, which I think is awesome. And my goal is to talk a little bit more about health and wellness and self-care, both as stylists and for our clients, because they tell us everything and that's a lot to take on every day. So I guess what does mental wellness and self-care mean for you? Self-care to me means time that I am spending doing something that fuels my fire and is not for anyone but me. So for me, that might be something as simple as sitting on a couch, doing absolutely nothing, having nothing around me except for my dog, just so I can think. Or it might be driving myself to get a coffee or treating myself, but it is something that I do solely for me and not at all for other people. And I think that's where I like to focus it on being in the self-care industry, because a lot of people, their self-care is getting their hair done. That is something that is for them. And I feel like it's super hard as a hairstylist to differentiate self-care in your job because yeah. you feel like you're caring for people and you're constantly giving more and more of yourself away and you never refill yourself back. So I think that it needs to be something that is only for you that just fuels your fire and lifts you up. I, I super agree with that. And I, I think it's hard too, because we're yeah. showing up for our clients every day and listening to their problems and being that person. And I can also be such a superficial space too. It became way less that for me when I went out on my own um, versus being around other practitioners who maybe don't bring the same level of care and wellness into their routine. And it becomes very like fashion centered and the opposite of who you are and fitting into a group. I don't know if you've had that experience or not. Yes, 100%. The salon that I was at before I went out on my own had 100 employees across four locations. So oh, wow. everything okay. was pretty like, you have to do this, 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 and this. And I felt like a lot of us were kind of like sucked into a box that we didn't fit in. And mm -hmm. because we had to shape ourselves in a way that wasn't true to us, 
I think a lot of us became like, I would describe it as like energy vampires. We were both just like, <laughs> like all of us were so unwhole, like not mm-hmm. ourselves that we ended up just sucking little bits of energy from every single person we saw. And our clients can be like that as well. But mm-hmm. part of being in your own space that I love so much is that you can be entirely yourself. You don't have to filter yourself. You don't have to act a way that you're not, and you can be whole and give other people bits of yourself that you couldn't give before. And I think that there's just something so special about that. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I was at this salon for a little while that, well, I've been in a lot of toxic salon cultures, not that they didn't do good hair, just the culture wasn't right for me. And it was very like, not everybody is accepted. Here. Like we are not for everybody. Yep. And I agree with that to an extent of like branding, you have to have your thing and that won't be for everybody, but that's for the client to decide in my opinion, not for you to decide that they don't belong there. I'd love to learn a little bit more about your program. Are you launching the program? You've already launched it. I know you're helping people go out on their own. I have quite a few things in the works right now. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, So Yeah, that's pretty much my biggest passion is empowering other people who feel stuck, who feel that they are just not growing to where they need to. They feel a sense of like, I'm being held back. I need to leave. So that's where my signature program comes in. That's called Employee to Empire. That is essentially the blueprint, the pathway through how to leave your salon, how to open up your salon suite, and every little nitty-gritty thing that comes along with that. It is everything that I wish I had when I went out on my own because I feel like there was just no resources for those of us that were venturing into salon suites. And I do have one master class out that is called Get Over Yourself, and that is more handling the emotional and the self journey through becoming a business owner and healing some of the triggers that you might have from your past salon or triggers around money, around security, everything like that, that kind of dives into different ways that you can discover more about yourself and heal through that journey. So I do want to know kind of how you, how long you've been in the beauty industry, how you ended up here, what you specialize in. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I have been in the beauty industry since I was 16. I was getting bullied a lot. I was at a private school and I had been with these kids since I was in first grade. So, you know, people know how to hit you where it hurts. And Mm -hmm. I was just feeling so stuck. I was going crying to my parents. Like I need to leave. I don't know what I'm going to do. I just, I can't be here. Enroll me in online school. And My mom knew how much I loved to dye my hair. I was a Sally beauty queen and she found out that you could do running start for beauty school. So I dove right into that and I fell in love with it, found out that I was really good at it. I have definitely become a blonding specialist, not necessarily a blonde specialist. I think that there is two different words for that. I don't, I I will explain that because no, I I want to know. I'm like, tell me. I don't think a lot of people view blonde versus blonding the same way that I do, but I am not a blonde specialist. I do not only do blonde hair. I call myself a blonding specialist because I specialize in the act of taking anyone from any starting point lighter. 
It's not okay. necessarily just blonde hair. So basically all I do is different variations of foils, balayage, foliage, all the things I am doing blonding services all day long. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I love that um, distinction. And I resonate with why the distinction is important. Everybody is always coming in. They're like, I want to go lighter, but I don't want to be blonde. And you're like, that's still a blonding service though. Yep. I'm still doing the same things. I actually have it in my salon. So there aren't service names that are like partial foil, balayage, anything like that. I have it separated into two different terms, traditional and custom. Traditional is like your basic foil, your basic balayage, one technique and a toner. Custom blonding is anything that is more than one technique and more than a toner. I separate that for my guests so that they only have to know two words and then they're good to go because they don't need to know if it's a foliage and a root melt and a blah, 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 blah. They right. when we talk about it. So right. I made that differentiation this past year and it has really helped. Okay. I like that. That's good to take into consideration for anybody that is going to yeah. be like doing their own custom services. Do you have one that's your favorite to do? Probably just custom blonding, just because it is a little bit more intensive, more customizable to their hair. And I don't feel like I do many basic services anymore. Everyone wants the whole shebang and it's not just like a in and out in two and a half hour thing anymore. Everyone is in my chair for three to four hours. Extensions have become my favorite. Mm. But if I like take that out of the mix, definitely any of the blonding, like baby lights, I could do baby light weeks all day. It's my mm-hmm. favorite. <laughs> do you use a specific product line? And is there like one that you like better than others? We actually okay. use exclusively Fanola bleach. And for um, retail, we mainly carry IGK at the moment, but we are kind of trying out lots of different brands, trying to see where we want to take our retail. Very cool. So would you be willing to share with us any kind of funny or favorite story from your time as a stylist? Mm. I'm trying to think of one that's like appropriate for a podcast. <laughs> right. Doesn't have to be appropriate. I don't care. Well, <laughs> I think most <laughs> of the moments that leave me hysterically laughing are from my older guests that have zero filter and mm-hmm. they are absolutely my favorite because they just don't care what they say. Yeah. And I think that my favorite moment in the hair industry was when I asked one of my older guests to uncross her legs for her haircut to straighten out her legs. And she said, you sound like my husband. And (laughs) we were just both hysterically laughing. And I think it was just one of the happiest times in the salon because she just made me crack up. Anyone that doesn't have a filter, I'm obsessed with. So anything that will make me laugh that's unfiltered is my favorite. Has there ever been a time as we've all had, um, that you felt like you've made like a big mistake behind the chair? Oh yeah. There's one that I talk about all the time. Okay. I let's fried hear my it. Best friend, I fried my best friend's hair off, like off, 
gone. <laughs> um, so like you, all of it, pretty darn close. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we were fresh graduated. I was working at the salon, but we decided to do her hair at home. And I don't know if you've ever used Redken Flash Lift. Mm-mm. Don't. Don't. Um, okay. <laughs> don't unless someone's hair is really resilient because it is so strong. And we decided it would be a good idea to put her fine textured hair in foils with Redken Flash Lift and 30 volume, which was a very bad idea. And we decided to go drive and get pizza. So we drove 15 minutes, got pizza, picked it up, drove 15 minutes back. So, you know, half an hour already with 30 volume on her fine, fragile hair. Not and, including application time. Yeah, not including application time, which I was slow okay. at the time. So um, then we decided to eat the pizza. And <laughs> when we actually went to rinse out the foils, not only did they have damage, but every single hair that was in every single foil snapped off at the root where the lightener touched her hair. So <sighs> luckily I didn't foil everything and she had the dropouts, but she had like half of her hair gone and it was like an eighth of an inch. I was basically crying. Yeah. Taking you it have out. to, like, it's I don't know how you could not thing. cry. I'm like pulling, I literally would like pull a foil and it would snap off from her head. It wasn't like pulling out and it would just like disintegrate as you go. Like, no, it's, it just straight up snapped off. And I'm sitting there like emotional and she's like, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> and so you have a fantastic friend. <laughs> yes. Well, hairstylist as well. So she's like, well, oh, okay. And she got protein treatments every single week for a few months, but because she had so many tiny hairs that when they started growing in, she had the most volume I have ever seen her have in my entire life because she had so many little hairs to support all of the rest of her hair. It was actually like a blessing in disguise. Would never do it again, but (laughs) her hair like after that looked the best I think it has ever looked because she had so much volume. That is so like silver lining. Yeah. You know, I'm picturing like one inch, two inch, like fro through like a mullet kind of thing going on. Well, Uh, because it was foil, she had all of her dropouts. So it ended up being okay. She still had a haircut. Like, yeah, it worked. That's good. good. (laughs) That's good. Oh my goodness. And we're still best friends. So that's perfect. Yeah. I, I think if I did that to my friends, they'd be like, we'll still be friends, but like, I'm going to need a month <laughs> before I talk yeah. to you again. Yep. Oh, I had a similar like, oh shit, foiling moment when I was an apprentice. I did a full head of foils and then the salon I was at would like always have us put these heaters on, which I never use heat anymore. I won't do it. Oh. It's because of this moment. And I pushed the heater up. And I went away for like a few minutes and I came back and she had Asian hair and we were, we had foiled it. I don't remember what volume I used, but I was checking on them. Like I would come back and check and everything looked good and whatnot. But there was this one spot on the back that was closest to the heater. And I went to go wash her out. She goes, yeah, I could hear it sizzling while I was sitting there. <laughs> like, what? could hear it sizzling oh no (laughs) it's like me and the girl I was working with we like looked at each other like did she just say sizzling (laughs) 
oh shit it happens to the best of us I know and you never do it again like it only happens once but when it happens it's bad yeah bad so I felt awful she still had most of her hair like the rest of it was fine it was just like in that back area and she had a ton of hair so like again hidden but nobody wants to have that happen and you never want to do it to somebody so um for anybody listening that's not a hairstylist if your hair sizzling like that is a bad sign and you need to tell the stylist to wash your hair now five minutes ago (laughs) shifting back into the self-care wellness I feel like we put a lot of self-care and like self-worth into what our hair and our image looks like from your experience how does their self-care and wellness and like how they show up for you in their appointments impact you during your workday I think it's usually a very like positive experience. I love how people are treating themselves in the salon. I think I get two very different types of people when they get their hair done. Mm -hmm. Some that it is like the best day ever. They dress up, they do their makeup. They're so excited to get their hair done. And just like, they want to look pretty. They're going to go out for drinks and dinner after. And then I have another group that they show up in sweatpants and no makeup. And they're just there because they are loving it. And it's more of a relaxing experience. Mm -hmm. And I love seeing both of them. I had someone last week who was like all teary eyed after she looked at her hair because she said, no one has ever made my hair look good with my skin tone. It always washes me out or turns me red. And she said I was the first person to get that right for her. And it's so powerful to be able to impact someone's self-image and how they look at themselves in the mirror. And I think that's something that we sometimes take for granted. Something that we just don't understand how much impact we have on people and how much we can either encourage or, you know, we can make their day bad if we screw up. And it's so important that we are nurturing them more than just their hair. Right. People always say your hairstylist is like your therapist. And I mean, I'm sure you've heard this too. I've had many clients be like, I'd rather find a new gynecologist than find a new hairstylist. And in many ways, I agree with them. When my friends that I like that do my hair leave, I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Who am I going to trust? Yeah. I have a few people that now live out of state and then their parents are still here. So every time mm-hmm. they come back, they're like, I'm going to schedule an appointment. I haven't gotten my hair done since you did it a year ago. I'm like, yep. okay. Yeah. I'll see you when you're visiting. <laughs> yeah. I have a few of those too. It's always very flattering, you know? Yeah. Um, And I always tell my clients too, especially if they're just moving, like if you need help finding somebody, I'll help you find someone. 100%. I do the Uh, Instagram flu thing. I'm like, I'll message like five people and I will mm -hmm. send my client a specific one based on how they respond to me. Because I'm like, you're not going to be nice to me. You're not going to be nice to my client. It's kind of weird because I feel like this kind of like protective little bubble is around them. I'm like, I can't have anyone screw up your hair. I actually had it once where one of my clients moved across the country and I found her like three people that I was like, okay, just, and then she messaged them all, found one that she vibed with and got her hair fried off. So I was like coaching her on how to heal her hair from across the country. And I've never felt heartbreak like that. 
because I'm like, oh no, someone that I found for her like screwed up. But I feel like such a sense of responsibility for those guests. Cause I'm like, I care about you and I never want anything bad to happen to your hair. I know. I know. I feel the same way. Um, have you ever run into like an instance where somebody's come in and they're having a really hard time and you know, they need less from you in terms of feeling like their hair looks good and more from you is like that friendship kind of therapy moment. And like, how do you approach that? Or do you have like a specific instant that comes to mind? Um, I have a specific instance. Um, I'm like getting teary. I even talking about it. So one of my clients that I've been doing for I think like four years now, her appointment was on the day that she found out her husband had cancer and she had found out maybe an hour before she saw me. And we walked into my studio and I was like, are you okay? And she just burst into tears, like absolutely like hysterical. It was just the most hard thing I've gone through with a client because this is one of my every four weekers I see her all the time and I just like embraced her like I have not hugged someone that long and in the age of COVID I had not hugged a guest in that long but I was just like sitting there and I felt like her therapist and we kind of like talked her through it and she actually last appointment that she was in her husband was in surgery because he had already like he's perfectly fine like he went through all of the chemo all of the radiation and she was just sitting there and she was like isn't this crazy how full circle we've come I went from finding out he had cancer and then sitting in your chair hysterically crying to you now he's in surgery about to be cleared and is getting the cancer removed you don't think when you go into this career that you're going to make such an impact on someone's life and be so close with them And seeing that come full circle last month really just put it all into perspective. I am not just a hairstylist. I see them more than their family if they live out of town. Like you are, you have such a big impact as a hairstylist. And I don't think anyone knows that going into it, but it's such Mm -hmm. a beautiful experience to be there for them. And I think the biggest thing is just be there for your clients, show up authentically. And I'm a lot of times they just need someone to talk to and someone to just be there with them through the hard times. And it's something that's so magical and I wouldn't turn it for the world. I've experienced some very emotional appointments. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reason that I started this is because I feel that when we have those experiences, like they're really defining for us as stylists, like whether or not you can do that for somebody. I feel like we don't talk about it enough and we don't have enough tools to all the time be able to show up appropriately, especially when it is something more severe. And obviously when you have like a really close friendship and somebody just needs a hug and to like cry, like that is different. But, you know, I've had clients come in that like, clearly they need some like true help and, I, I'm kind of turning it into my mission to kind of shed light on like the impact we have on those people and like, mm-hmm. what can I do and we do as a collective, as a industry to kind of make sure that we are doing everything we can in a healthy and safe way for our clients. Absolutely. My goal is to eventually create a certification program for different stylists to be able to take for like more extreme situations and appointments 
where we have like the right tools to make sure like if somebody's we're worried about like self-harm or if they're suffering from like alcoholism or a whole slew of things or just severe depression and anxiety, like what can we do to help? Like not becoming clinical, you know, obviously. It's like figuring out what, where our voice is, figuring out how to refer them to different uh, resources without coming off across poorly. Right. Creating those relationship with like Mm -hmm. mental health or like me, I'm more of like a holistic wellness kind of person, but like not everybody is. And like Mm -hmm. having the right connections and having the right methods to be able to like really help. That's what I want to do. So I really appreciate it would be really helpful. Yeah. I actually have an experience where, so one of my clients that I had only seen once, she basically like seemed totally fine like her husband or her husband slash like you know they got married legally but we're gonna do a wedding because of COVID yeah Um, she was talking about him she seemed so in love and before her next appointment he murdered her I have so much guilt I know that I can't have responsibility for that but I feel such a responsibility to like look for those things in my clients now when they're talking about it. And I wish there was more resources about it because that destroyed me. Yeah. And she passed two months before I found out about it because we had pre-booked her appointment. So it was like a whole new stage of grief, me talking with her mom and like having to find out because she no showed me and I had to like well I think I remember you posted about that you were like don't no show your stylist and then you found out and I was like oh mm-hmm. my god but any of us would have done that right any yeah. of us would have been like hey don't no show it's rude yeah I can only imagine how that makes you feel but like that's exactly the type of thing that well, I'm need hoping to, to do Right. And like, we might not get it every time, just like there are plenty of people that don't, but I guarantee you that we all have clients because I mean, when you look at statistically how many people are suffering from something and we all just have an appointment and it's fun and you feel great afterwards and some people are vulnerable, others not as much, but I Mm -hmm. guarantee that people are giving us signs uh, and symptoms of a larger problem. And if we knew more of those signs and symptoms and how to identify them, like we might be able to take that next step to at least ask a question, leading them to be able to open up about it, if nothing else, you know? So a great mission. Thank you. But I really appreciate you sharing the stories with your clients because like, those are the things that I'm really hoping to change. Yeah. You know, I think that would make an incredible impact in our industry for sure. Thank you. That's the goal. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering now from your perspective, are there any other like shifts that you're hoping to see in our industry happen in regards to wellness and self-care? Yeah. The biggest thing I think is setting boundaries as a hairstylist and this is something that I mean I don't think we can ever get perfect I really don't Mm -hmm. but we need more of an effort because hairstylists we are in a profession where people expect us to work an entirely different schedule than the rest of the world they expect us to work evenings and work 
all weekend long so that we can do their hair. Clients ask us to come in on our day off. They text us at 10 p.m., 11 p.m. I had a text from a client last week at midnight. Was I awake? No, I was in bed by nine. But <laughs> like the thing that I think needs to change around the self-care is setting boundaries so that you can have a healthy relationship outside of your job and you can have a just a life, honestly, because when I was working at my past salon, I worked three 12 hour days and I've done that is so hard. It was awful. And I feel like I wasted two of my days off every week because I had to recoup from those 12 hour days. And two of them were on weekends. I did not have a weekend day off that I did not have to request off or make up time for in four years. I think that hairstylists just need to value their own time more and value a social life or whatever makes them happy. And I don't think that we are in the age where we have to only work evenings and weekends now. I think that that is what I would like to change is seeing people respect hairstylists as they would respect a typical nine to five worker. You'd never ask your doctor's receptionist. I know he's only here from nine to four, but could we do a 730? Mm-hmm. No, you can't. And nobody does that. I've worked at a doctor's office. Nobody does that. I've never yeah. had it happen to me working in that environment. My big self-care thing is um, I started doing uh, Legree, uh, which is a Pilates reformer. And I do that a couple days a week. And I try to schedule it around my appointments for the most part, because they have morning and evening classes. But I find that almost every time that I schedule a class for myself, I end up having somebody being like, oh, could you do a 5.30 or a 6? I'm like, no. And could you do an 8 a.m.? I'm like, my hours are 10, 9. I'll come in at 9.30 sometimes. Like if it's a client I really love, I don't mind starting a half hour early if I Mm -hmm. have like an earlier day. But I... I definitely get asked all the time, well, could we do eight? Mm-hmm. No, I sleep until eight. Yeah. <laughs> I sleep until eight. I definitely think that's something that we struggle with our boundaries, but it's so important for our wellness and boundaries with what you charge and stuff too. I think prices should be a boundary that's not even questioned. Right. Well, that's if, what I mean. if they're questioning you. There's, there's a boundary that is already broken in their eyes because they think that they are too much of a friend that they can ask you for a discount yeah so it's it's setting those boundaries from the get-go like for me my family does not get free hair I don't have a single person that gets free hair in my chair every single person pays and they pay the price that is listed and they don't question it because I set that boundary my prices are on my online booking I don't ever have to price quote them until they're in the chair and every single client says yep okay cool one thing that I have learned going out on my own I have become quicker at firing people and Mm -hmm. the list of things that they would do to not be a client anymore has gotten longer because Mm -hmm. if someone does not respect me or my time or isn't a good person, I will graciously let them go. And that is one thing about also, I guess, a boundary in your salon is Mm -hmm. you set the 
intention and the clients that you let into your salon or in your salon. And I have a huge weed out process before you can even get my booking link now, because I need to make sure that we would be a good fit. And I'm not going to hate doing your hair because right. if I hate doing your hair, why would I want you in my space? I'm learning a lot from you, Ashley. I'm going to have to sign up for this class. <laughs> I'm like, this is perfect. This is where I struggle. This is where mm -hmm. I struggle. I think years, and I know you'll understand this because this is kind of like what you do, but years of like working at salons that are like, you aren't worth it. I came from, I don't know if you've ever heard of like a summit-based salon system. Mm -mm. It's basically like this fancy way of tracking stuff. I came from one of those and I was denied a promotion for almost a year, even though I was fully booked. I was making a lot of money. I was denied a promotion because I wouldn't double book. And I was like, that's a boundary that I'm not going to do. I'm not going to double book. I'm not going to sacrifice my guest experience. And I was denied a promotion. And that's ultimately one of the reasons why I ended up leaving because they were just like, mm, no, it's not good enough. They were also a salon that said every single client that was in their system was theirs, even if you were the one that brought them. So that was fun. I That's a whole it. other can of worms. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I loved when I left and I saw how many clients came with. I was like, Hmm, your clients, huh? Yeah. Well, Ashley, I would love if you just want to remind people, where can they find you? How can we support you? That good stuff. Yeah. So you can find me over on Instagram at Ashley Ann hair. It is spelled a little bit different. So my name is spelled A S H L I E and then A N N hair. You can also find any of my education and resources for stylists who are wanting to go out and open up their own salon suite. You can find that through the link in my Instagram bio, or we have links available on ashleyannhair.com. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for joining me. I really, really appreciate it. I've loved chatting with you and I look forward to maybe taking one of these classes with you here soon. Yes. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you so much to Ashley for being a guest today. And as always, please rate, review, subscribe, and share if you like this episode. That is how we grow, develop, and continue this conversation. I'm your host, Paige Klibanoff. Thanks for joining.